I want to thank you all for, for last week. Um, it was such a surprise, you know, as you folks did the honoring, the shield of honor thing, and had people, and most other people that came up had really nice things to say. Uh, Cheryl, uh, no. But it was, it, was, it was really humbling in a lot of ways, and it was really, really affirming. And I just want to thank all of you, and, and thanks for Dave and, and the rest of the leaders who kind of put that together. Um, yeah, it, it just was, um, it really, really was a special blessing, you know, and I don't take those things lightly. I don't take those things for granted. So thank you, thank you all for doing that. As I thought about it, it was also <clears throat> a prophetic kind of act, um, an indication that we are in a new season in the life of our church. I felt like last week kind of made it really, really clear we're in a new season. We started the church with, with one pastor kind of being responsible for everything, but that no longer can be the case. That no longer is the case. It should not be, and it is not. We have leaders now who have, you know, through the years have risen up, that God's hand is on the leaders, and so now this church is led by a group of leaders, all seeking after God, all seeking God and, and asking God for his very best, using their gifts and their talents and the way that God had designed them. And then we all work together. We all have our roles. And it was real clear to me that God is saying, Mark, you're in a new place and you have a new role. You know, And if you didn't know that, that's what I've been trying to tell you for the last year and a half or so. You have a new role. <laughs> and so it's a very exciting time. It really is that, that we are going to embrace God's call for us, and God has put us on a quest. It's, it's, this, it's this amazing and exciting quest that we are on, that we're on a quest to do exactly what God has called us to do. And what God has called us to do is to do what? Is to go and make disciples. Where? How? God has called us to be a church that will reach generations. What I mean by that, that, that the church started when God gave a vision to, to reach a generation called Gen X. And we just kind of focused in on that. And we saw God begin to bring and, and to raise up people in that generation as they were going through a very, very important time in their lives, in their 20s and in their 30s. And what God has made it clear is that, Mark, that, that's what your church is all about, that this church is not about reaching a specific location, but it's to reach a generation. And, and, and so we need to continue to look at the generations that are rising up especially those who are in their 20s and the 30s. And the thing is, we all have something that God wants us to give. And you know the greatest thing is when we started the church, <clears throat> we had a, a bunch of boomers that came along with me. And, you know, the focus wasn't on being a boomer church. But as we reached out to the next generations, you know what happened? God just blessed us. And that's kind of how it works, that that God has called us to be a blessing. And he's just going to bless us so we can bless others. And as we go and bless others, God will continue to bless us, you see. And so when you hear that we're here to reach 
generations, and you're thinking, but oh, my, my generations, you know, I, I'm a boomer, I'm a whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, God wants, God is going to use all of us together. And as we reach generations, God willing, what we're going to see is the transformation of our city, of our state, of our world. And, you know, the crazy thing is I remember thinking back, <clears throat> and my wife Joanne and Lita Rockholm made a decision. They're going to pray for Roosevelt because I had a son there and she had a son, two sons there at Roosevelt. And it just began to prayer walk. Two people began to prayer walk. Four years later, when my son graduated, the principal came up and said, in the last four years, this school has gone and it has grown. They've, they've, the test scores went up. All kinds of things happened. Why did those things happen? A part of that was two people decided we're going to pray and we're going to reach a generation. And they prayed for that school and they transformed the school. That's all they did. They just prayed. And what God is saying is he's got us on a quest, all of us. And the thing about a quest is that when you go out and you follow God, sometimes we think everything's going to be this great, it's going to be wonderful, you know, nothing bad ever happens to Christians. But the truth is we encounter risks, that there are risks in following Jesus. And risk is defined as exposure to the chance of injury or loss, a hazard or dangerous chance. <clears throat> Risk is where we put ourselves in a position where there could be a chance where we would encounter a hazard or a dangerous situation or it could be a loss. And, and following Christ involves risks. And I got to be really honest with you. See, I don't want to soft sell stuff and say, you know, you follow Jesus, everything's just wonderful. It's going to be great, but there are risks. Our church started when God gave a God-sized vision that so compelled me to take a risk. And we left 30-something adults and a bunch of kids got together, <clears throat> and everybody risked something. We were in a great church, you know, and I had a really good position at Moana Lua Gardens Missionary Church. It was great. The children's ministry was, was rolling. The youth ministry was great. And it was a risk to come out. <clears throat> and there's no guarantees that, that we were going to succeed. After all, you talk about me having to lead the thing. You know, right there, that's a giant risk. You don't got to laugh. <laughs> you know? And then when I think about it, even now, when we think of sending back, and next week we'll have a, a commissioning for this team that will go out and start this new church, God put a vision on Max's heart. There's no guarantees. There's no guarantees that it will succeed. After all, again, look who God gave the vision to, Max. Nobody's laughing now. But, <laughs> but you see, there are no guarantees. With all these wineskins, these new wineskins that we're doing, you know, going to one service for the summer. I mean, really promoting life groups as a foundation. 
you know, reaching out and saying, God, we got to reach out to the dead. There's no guarantees. It all involves risks. And what we're risking is, is, is a lot of our familiarity, being comfortable. And what God is saying to us, following Jesus is a quest. It's going to be a glorious quest. But there's risks. Following Jesus involves risks. See, Jesus called his disciples together, and he called them to leave everything, literally leave everything, and follow him. He told this young, you know, this young rich ruler, and he, and he told this guy, give up all your possessions, come follow me. And he says to you and me and everyone else who wants to follow him, he says, you gotta, you know what? You want to follow me? You need to deny yourself first. You need to put me before everything else. You need to deny yourselves and take up your cross and follow me. What that means is he's saying, you've got to put me first in everything, and you've got to be willing to sacrifice everything. It involves risks. And taking risks require true faith. In order for us to take the risks that we need to as we follow Jesus, it requires true faith. In Hebrews 11, it says, Now faith is the confidence, it's confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. See, true faith isn't this blind optimism or this conjured up kind of, kind of feeling like, man, I, I hope so, I hope so, and you know, if I think it, it'll happen. It, it, it's, more, it's, it's more than just this intellectual assent on, and a belief in a certain doctrine. You know, that's not what true faith is. True faith is this confident obedience to God in spite of any circumstances or consequences that we go through. That's true faith. You see, that word confidence, it means to stand under <clears throat> or to support. It's like the foundation of a house. Everything is built on that. And our foundation is that what God has promised us and what he's called us to is true. That's the foundation of everything that we do. There's this confidence. The word assurance really is, you know, literally just conviction. Is this inner conviction and peace that, that what God promises and what God calls us to, he's going to accomplish it, even if we can't see it. That we have that peace. You know, Mark, go to one service for the summer. Oh, can you trust me on that one? Can you trust me? And when I, when I experience that, okay. All right, whatever God calls us to, he does it. Now I can have that peace. I can hold fast to 1 Thessalonians 5, that the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. It's having that assurance. It's having that assurance and that confidence that God is calling us. God is calling you. God is saying to step out, and you can step out. And you step out, and there's <clears throat> challenges, and it's like, oh, my. Faith says, 
I have confidence. I have an assurance that God let me here, and he ain't going to let me down, that he's here. J. Oswald Sanders, you know, Tammy came up last week, if you were here, and she had a book that I had them read when they were like in high school, you know. So this is just a few years later, you know, he's dusted off. J. Oswald Sanders said in that book, says, faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as the present and the invisible as the seen. That's what faith is. That's what true faith is. Faith enables us to see what others cannot. That faith is, enables us to attempt what seems impossible and experience things that only God can do. And you know, like what we talk about all the time, what Andy Stanley once said, and we talk, I say this, I'm going to say this every month, that, that when we step out in faith, God intersects our faith with his faithfulness. And then we experience God's presence, we experience God's power, and he changes the world. That it is when we step out in faith that God will intersect our faith, our stepping out with his faithfulness. And then that's when life gets exciting, and that's faith, you see? Hebrews 11 is a chapter in which God sort of tells us what faith is. It's the confidence, it's the assurance. And then he lists, they list a whole bunch of people who stepped out in faith. They encountered risks, but they knew who God was and they kept going. And in one of those people, very, 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 very unlikely person who recognized that God was doing something, took a huge risk and and that, that really could have costed her life. But God intersected her, her faith with his faithfulness. And her name is Rahab. And I want us to allow the Holy Spirit to speak and to encourage us to her story, to trust God, take risks, let's step out in faith in this significant time in our lives. All right? So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn. We'll start in Joshua chapter 2. <clears throat> Joshua, the beginning of the Bible. Okay. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp to the Acacia Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land. They were going to go over into the promised land, the land that God had promised to them. They're just ready to go. He said, let's send out two spies. They go out there, and as they were going, um, the king of Jericho, um, and, you know, but someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spout the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come to spy on us. So the spies go in, <clears throat> they're, they're at Rahab's house, and the king says, busted, I know that these guys have come. Verse 4, Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax that she had laid out. So the king's men went off looking for them. Rahab took a huge risk. She took a huge risk. Why would she do that? Why would she do that? Why would she hide spies that are come in that's going to come in later to attack the city? Why would she do that? Verse 8. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up to the roof to talk with them. Hey, I know the Lord. 
has given you this land. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. We have heard how the Lord had made the dry path for you through the Red Sea. And he, she began to say, you know, we know, we know all, of, I know all about you, you know. I know all about you. So she says, now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I help you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let us live, right? So she, she, she hears the story. She believes God is God. And, and she, she understands that God is giving this city and this land to the Israelites. And so she takes another risk. She takes another risk. And she pleads with the spies to remember her. Right? Verse 17. Before they left, the men told her, shoot, we will be bound by the oath. Okay? So I said, yep. Garen's barbarians is what they said. You know? And all your family members, your father, your mother, all these people must be inside the house. If they go out, that's on you. Right? They go out, it's on you. But if they stay there, you know what? They will be safe. We will remember. But if they, they, they mess up, that's not on us. Rahab goes, all right, that sounds like a good deal. And she, um, off they went, you know, off they went. They leave, no guarantees, right? They might have forgotten, right? She stepped out in faith. She took a chance, you know. She risked her life. If the king found out, she'd be dead. She took another chance. If the guys forget, they're dead, right? We read in Joshua 6, 15. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn, dawn marched around the city as the Lord had instructed them. You know, just march around. Don't say nothing. Just march around. Seven days they do the Seven days they do it seven times. And they say, shout for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. They're giving instructions to the Israelites as they walk around. And it says, and look, only Rahab the prostitute and others in her house will be spared, for she protected our spies. Verse 22, meanwhile, Joshua said to the spies, to the, to the spies keep your promise. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out along with her family. The men who had been spies uh, went in, brought out Rahab, and everybody lived happily ever after again, right? Rahab took a step of faith. God intersected her faith with his faithfulness. And it just changed their lives. God saved them. Rahab risked some very significant things. Some very significant things. Trusting in a God she had only just heard about. And she took that step. She stepped out in faith, and God proved his faithfulness. And it changed her life. It impacted her world. And when I read her story, and I forgot to tell you, she's a prostitute. Okay? There was only one prostitute in Hebrews 11. That'd be her. And God took off the faith of a prostitute 
And when she stepped out, God intersected her faith with his faithfulness. And she took some risks. There was a risk she took. She had, she had to exercise the faith to risk her security. Her security. As bad as Rahab's life was as a prostitute, you know, must have been pretty hard. It was her life. That's all she knew. And it's so easy to settle into a life that is comfortable and it's familiar, even when things are less than ideal. You know, it's just so easy just to settle in. This is my life. But God stirred something in her heart. She couldn't deny who God was and what he was doing. And his activity and the power that she saw or heard about. And so she steps out in faith. And she risks her security, not knowing what changes would happen in her life based on her decision. Her familiar life could have been turned upside down. Right? And the question is, are you willing, are you willing to trust Jesus and to put him first? That, that are you willing to risk some inconvenience, maybe some discomfort, to really trust God that he would be the security in your life? Because that's true faith. Rahab also needed the faith to risk her livelihood. She had to risk her livelihood. So often... When God stirs our hearts and we begin, we got to follow God, you know, and God puts stuff on our hearts. One of the risks that we encounter is the risk of our livelihood. Rahab, yeah, acknowledging that God was the supreme God of heaven and the earth below, knowing that would probably lead to some kind of career change, probably, right? Knowing who God is, knowing what she, you know, probably needed some career change. Not only that, what would she have done for income anyway if her city was taken over and all her clientele died, right? And all that was left was all these God-fearing people. Business wouldn't be so good, right? There are times when you follow God that you may need to risk your very livelihood. You know, maybe it's, it's, it's not going along with things that you know are not right where you work. That there's some really shady things that might be going on. You think, oh, I don't know. It's my job. I gotta do my job. Like me following God involves a risk that maybe you need to risk your job to follow God. It might mean as you follow God, it might be a whole change in what you do. God might be leading you and stirring your heart. And he said, I need you to leave this, and I'm calling you to this. Pastor Tony Wong, who, you know, we started that uh, Hawaii China Mission Church with, he eventually went to California, was a pastor in this really large church in, Los An in the Los Angeles area, the Fullerton area. And he was the, the pastor to the Chinese-speaking people in this church. 
Really a great job. Great benefits, the whole thing. But God was stirring his heart, he and his wife. And so right now today, they have resigned from that position, and they are now ministering to refugees in Syria. Not the safest place. And it's summer break right now for their kids, so the whole family is there. They're going to go three to four times a year to minister to refugees. Tony, how, how are you going to get income? Uh, God, God, God has to provide. You know? And so they're raising support. They're doing these things. But following Jesus involved risk of, of our livelihood at times, and that's what Tony felt. And off he went. Rahab also encountered and needed the faith to risk her life. And following Jesus will require faith to even risk our own lives. If, if Rahab was caught hiding those spies, she would have been put to death, right? Rahab's belief in who God was and what he could do and what he would, what he would do in her city was stronger than anything the people in that city could have done to her. But not only did she believe in the power of this God, she believed in his mercy. He believed, she believed in his mercy, and so she pled with the spies, please, when you all come, will you remember me? She was willing to risk her life and the life of her family to trust a God that she only heard about. Are you willing to risk your life to follow Jesus? See, that's true faith. That's true faith. And that's, that's Rahab's story. That's the story of Rahab. How a prostitute saw God for who he was and that her heart was stirred by his power and his love. And she chose to risk everything, to step out in faith, to help these two spies, help these two spies come into her city and really to the land that God had called the Israelites to. She risked it all. And God met her faith. God intersected her faith with his faithfulness. You see? And so inspiring is the faith of this prostitute in Jericho that she's listed on that list in Hebrews. And her name is right there amongst names like Noah and Abraham and Moses and Mar. No, this Moses. And Rahab is right there in Hebrews 11.31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. She chose, every, she chose to risk everything to trust and follow God. That's true faith. And throughout history, men and women have taken great risks taking great risks 
and risked, you know, everything, their livelihood, you know, their lives to follow Jesus. You know, a group of missionaries, including one named Jim Elliott, risked everything to reach a people in this remote part of Ecuador. You know, why? Because God had called them to go and, and share the love and the good news about Jesus to this people. And they risked everything, literally. And unfortunately, they were all killed. And it could have been, it could be really easy to say, what a tragedy, you know? Some local folks would say, po-ho, what a waste. What a waste. These five outstanding young men who loved the Lord killed in the prime of their lives, right? But a son of one of those men later wrote, God took five common young men of uncommon commitment and used them for his glory. They never had the privilege they so enthusiastically pursued to tell this group of people of the God they loved and they served. But there are thousands of missionaries who follow God's trail more resolutely because of their example. Their success withheld from them in life God multiplied and continues to multiply as a memorial to their obedience and God's faithfulness. Eventually, that very group of people who killed these young missionaries, they heard and they accepted the gospel, the good news about Jesus. You know, when the wives of these slain missionaries returned to visit them later. And one of those guys, Jim Elliott, who had journaled, <clears throat> um, girls do diaries, men do journals. All right? Okay? So if you're a man, don't ever say, I'm writing it in my diary. Okay? No. You wrote it in your journal. Right? Okay? Jack, you remember that, right? Us men. Journals, Adina, diary, okay? okay? But Jim Elliott wrote in his journal, wrote, he is no fool who exchanges that which he cannot keep for that which he cannot, could never lose. Think about that. He is no fool when you exchange what you cannot keep at the end of your life, what is it that you can keep? What is it at the end of your life that you can keep? Not much. He is no fool who exchanges that which he cannot keep or which he can never lose. God, God is giving us things that we can never lose. When you go out, when we go out, and when we go out and answer God's call for us, and we reach people with the love and the good news of Jesus, and when people accept Jesus as their Savior, they receive eternal life. They cannot lose that. We cannot lose it. That is a gift that goes on for all eternity. That's something that we'll never lose. You know, your destiny 
Your inheritance in Christ, you will never be able to lose that. You can lose your life, but you will never lose that. And that's what Jim Elliott is talking about. God has called us to go beyond at this time. He's calling us to go beyond what is comfortable and familiar, to follow Jesus with a greater passion, to go out and make disciples. If there's anything that is clear to me right now, as we send Max and his team out to start this new church, that we have to be a church with a passion that we are going to reach who God has called us to reach. And, and we're going to do it with a passion and enthusiasm unknown, enthusiasm unknown to mankind. We just got to go. And we got to risk because this is going to involve risks. But I tell you what, there is nothing that is more exciting than when you take a step to follow Jesus and you encounter a risk and a challenge and God meets us there. And you begin to see God and you begin to feel God and you begin to experience his presence and you begin to experience his power. There is nothing more important, than that, nothing more exciting than that. That's when life becomes exciting. That's why following Jesus is a quest. A quest is we... We leave something and we move to something. We don't know where we're going, but we know one thing. A quest means we go, but we're not coming back. A vacation is you go somewhere, you come back. A quest is we follow Jesus. What we leave, we leave. No turning back. I cannot tell you exactly where God is specifically leading us. But I can tell you this, it is great. But it's going to require risks. Let's follow Jesus together. Let's encounter risks together. Let's encourage each other as we go through these challenges. And then let's just celebrate, man. Like, oh, look what God did. Look what God did. And let's see God change the world. Where we're going involves risks. There are risks. Risk, we need faith. We're going to need faith, true faith. But when we step out in faith, God will meet us and intersect our faith with his faithfulness. And it's going to be great. My encouragement to you, if God is calling you to lead, to, 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 to join a life group, get in a life group. Get in a life. If God is calling you, you know, Mark, I have a heart, I have, my heart is being stirred to reach the next generations. I'm in. Whatever it takes, you know, David Yadamari, who spoke last week, kind of heading that up. I, I'm in. I, I, whatever it takes, I'm in. If it's being involved in our children's ministry, I'm really busy. You know what? I'm in. Faith is small at times, taking these small steps. But I want to encourage you join the quest. Join the quest. And let's experience God's faithfulness together. All right?
Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your awesome faithfulness that even right now bring to our minds and bring to our hearts examples just even from our own lives in which we encountered, we risked something, we encountered a challenge, and you are there to meet us. You are right there to meet us, Father. I pray, give us more faith. Fill us with more faith that we would follow you we would follow you and be willing to risk everything. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.